You're listening to the Hill City Teaching Podcast, a recording of the Sunday morning service at Hill City Church. We would love to have you join us in person. More information can be found at www.hillcity.church. I really love the excitement that, that Peter has in that clip. But I love... The excitement paired with this realization of, I have no idea what he means. I think if, if I was told when I came to, to faith in Christ what it means, if I was told, hey, 20 years from now, you'll be on a stage preaching. Hey, 50 years from now, who knows? I wouldn't have believed it either. I wouldn't understand what that means but I really hope that I would have had enough guts to say, I'm in anyways. I'm in anyways. I don't understand. I have no idea what you're talking about. You're saying things to me that I don't get and they're not adding up in my head, but I'm gonna say yes, because I trust the person that's saying them to me. I trust this man, Jesus, that I just met, that's standing in front of me because he showed me one really miraculous thing. Here's the coolest part about Peter. He got to see the rest of the miraculous things that we just get to read about. We get to read about them and he got to witness them firsthand. See, like I said, Jesus' relationship with Peter is unique. Peter himself among the disciples is pretty unique. And I wanna, I'm, I'm gonna tell a lot of stories about Peter today and his interactions with Jesus, his interactions with the other disciples. And I just want to point out that Jesus really saw something in Peter. Jesus called Peter, and Peter responded every time. So we're going to go ahead and uh, we're going to dive in. We're going to end up in John 21, if you guys want to open there. Uh, But like I said, we're going to tell some stories about Peter before we get there. So Peter is the prime example of a disciple of Jesus. One, because of all the things that that Jesus and Peter did together. And two, this is my favorite part, because Peter did all of those things with Jesus imperfectly. He was far from perfect. He was not this, this second Jesus that was doing everything right and that was, you know, showing everyone how holy he could be. He was very imperfect and the Bible makes no qualms about showing Peter as an imperfect man. He was still there. Jesus shared his whole life with Peter. Shared everything. See, Jesus was was able to show Peter all the miracles like we talked about. Jesus was able to, to tell Peter every single parable. All the ones that we read of, Peter heard them hundreds of times to all the different crowds. And then he heard the explanations that Jesus told to just his disciples. All of the the people that Jesus met and healed, Peter was there to share that with them. All of the ministry that Jesus did, all the travel, the new people that Jesus met, Peter was there to share that with them. Jesus shared his entire life with Peter. But most importantly, he shared the gospel with Peter. He shared what the good news is. He shared how it's going to impact Peter and how it's going to impact the world 
long after Jesus was gone, long after Peter was gone. Jesus shared all those things. He held, he held nothing back. Peter was the first to recognize, Jesus, you are the Son of God. You are the Messiah. And that's when Jesus gives him his name, Peter. You're not Simon anymore. You are Peter. You are the rock upon which I am going to build everything. Not this kingdom, not castles and, and temples, but the kingdom of God. I'm going to build it here on this faith that you're showing. Jesus shared everything he did, everything he had with Peter. Jesus connected with Peter. Jesus also connected Peter to other people. He was a fisherman. He was out on the sea every single day, sometimes on his own, sometimes with Andrew, sometimes with other people. But for the most part, he's out there doing his own thing. And all of a sudden, he's living with Jesus and these 11 other guys and 100 other people that are following them around. Jesus connected Peter into this, this community that was so focused on the gospel, so focused on the good news, that that's what they lived and breathed day in and day out. And that had such a profound impact on Peter that after Jesus' death, what do we see Peter do? We see him go fishing again, but we see him taking his community. He says, I don't know what to do next, but I'm doing it with these guys. I'm doing it with these people that, that I've come to love and that I know love me. And that most importantly, I know we all collectively love Christ together. Wherever I'm going next, they're coming. Wherever they're going next, I'm going. And Jesus connected Peter to this community that would help carry him through the hardest times that were still to come. They thought that seeing their, their master, their rabbi, arrested and crucified was the worst to come. No, it wasn't. The book of Acts is blood-stained from cover to cover. And Peter saw all of it. And still, he kept faith and he kept the community that Jesus connected him to. Jesus ministered to Peter. And Jesus ministered with Peter. See, one of the first miracles that we see Jesus doing, the first healing miracle that we see him, is he's healing Peter's mother-in-law. He's, he's taking this burden off of Peter and he's, he's freeing him to, to come follow Jesus. Peter's mother-in-law was likely living in that house and they have to take care of him. If Peter's not fishing, he's helping take care of his mother-in-law. And all of a sudden, Jesus comes along and says, hey, there's nothing between you and me now. There's nothing weighing you down. There's nothing that you have to, to provide for here you can come follow me. I'm taking that out of the way. Jesus empowers Peter to minister as well. He said, go out. You're going to preach my message. You're going to heal. You're going to cast out demons. You're going to do all the things that you have watched me do. I've been sharing this with you. I've been sharing the things that I say, the things that I do. Your turn. You're going to go do this as well. Peter ministers to to random people. Peter ministers to his friends. After Jesus leaves, you see Peter taking charge. Granted, he was probably the oldest disciple based on some of the context that we get in Scripture. He was the only one that was married, so his age probably helped him to, to take that command and take the lead. 
but he stepped into that role. He didn't bear it and just sort of, okay, well, here's where I'm at. I guess I'll do it. He stepped in and ministered to those that decided to, to look up to him and say, all right, what now? He took that role boldly and he ministered to other people. And lastly, Jesus discipled Peter. Like I said, Peter was the prime example of a, of a true disciple of Jesus. And what that looks like is in that passage that, um, that Peter is called by Jesus, it's Matthew 4.19. We use it as our model of what is a disciple. It's someone that knows Jesus, is being changed by Jesus, and is on mission with Jesus. Peter is the example of that. He knows Jesus. He gets to know Jesus better. But throughout Scripture, we see him being changed by Jesus in incredible ways. And a lot of times, that comes with a rebuke from Jesus. Peter steps in and, and he'll say something brash. He'll say, no, we will not let you go and be arrested and be crucified. And Jesus says, sit down, get behind me. Peter steps up and cuts off the ear of, a, of someone coming to arrest Jesus. And Jesus says, stop. You don't understand. I need to, to take this, this hardness and I need to change it. I still want the fire. I still want that passion. But we're going to change and we're going to redirect it towards holy purposes. And if you read 1 Peter, which is a book written by Peter long after all of the events of, of Acts, you see this, this odd shift. He's saying rejoice when you are suffering. Well, that doesn't sound like the Peter that's taking a sword and cutting off people's ears. It sounds like a Peter that has been, has been changed by the grace of God, by walking with God. He's saying rejoice, have joy. Peter was a true disciple of Jesus. And Jesus himself, taught Peter how to disciple others. This is a really important part here. When Jesus rose from the dead, he saw Peter and he told him, it's your job now. It's your job now. We can see that in John chapter 21. Uh, we're going to start with verse uh, 15. It says, when they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? He said, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And Jesus said, feed my lambs. Jesus said, uh, oh, I'm sorry. Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He answered, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And Jesus said, take care of my sheep. The third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt because Jesus just asked him the third time, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my sheep. Very truly, I say to you, when you were younger, I'm sorry. I had to make sure that this part was also up there. When you were younger, you dressed yourself and went where you wanted. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands. Someone else will dress you and lead you where you do not want to go. 
Jesus said this to indicate the type of death by which Peter would glorify God. Then he said to him, follow me. And like I said at the beginning, if I had known what following Jesus entailed, I don't know how ready I would be to give an immediate yes. I don't know how ready I would be to to drop everything and just go. Jesus is telling Peter right here, you are going to to suffer. You are going to encounter hardship that you can't really imagine right now. Follow me anyways. And Peter, knowing all of this, still says yes. Three years of watching Jesus do amazing things and one horrible night of watching him suffer and die on a cross. And Jesus says, your turn. Peter says, okay. All right, here we go. That's faith that I, I want. Honestly, I don't know if I'm there yet in terms of faith. I'm re- I, if Jesus came to me and said, hey, I need you to suffer greatly for me. Here's how. It's going to take a lot of conversation with God to, for me to say, yeah, sure, of course. Good news is, I have Peter's example of doing things imperfectly. I, I don't think there's another disciple in Scripture that is, is quoted as being so imperfect, that is quoted as being uh, so brash sometimes. See, it was, it was Peter that opposed Jesus and said, no, 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 you're not going to get arrested. It was Peter that, that stood up and said, Jesus, you're not washing my feet. It was Peter that cut off the ear. It was Peter that denied Jesus. And scripture points him out by name and says, look at what Peter did. But then you turn the page. In the book of Acts, Acts 1 through 12 is essentially the story of Peter leading the church. And he's doing a great job. And he's still doing it imperfectly. The Holy Spirit comes to Peter and says, hey, all these things that you've decided were unclean throughout your whole life, they're clean now. And Peter says, no. And the Holy Spirit comes back and says, hey, all these things that you said were unclean, I'm saying they're clean now. And Peter says, no. And the third time, the Spirit comes back and says, Peter, all these things that you say are unclean, I say are clean now, and I'm going to prove it to you. And Peter says, okay, if you say so, but I'm going to need you to show me. And so the Spirit shows him by taking him not just to, to unclean food, but to people that were believed could not possibly know God could not possibly be accepted by God's grace, could not possibly interact with the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit says, yep, these people, they get me too. And Peter had no choice but to say, okay, all right. See, Peter did things imperfectly. I know that there's, there's no, nowhere that I can go or God's grace can't reach me. There's no, nowhere that I can say, God, I don't know if I have enough faith for that. And God can't say, that's all right. 
I have enough faith for that and I will give it to you. If Peter relied on, on the, the, the faith given to him by himself, then he'd be saying no to everything. It's kind of just who scripture says he is. That's when the Holy Spirit comes and, and gives him faith beyond what he could have himself, that he's able to say yes. It's when Jesus comes and shows him, this is who I am, and you are going to try and be just like me. That's when Peter can say yes. So I don't feel so bad when, when I, I say, God, I don't know if I can do that. God, I don't know if I have enough faith for that. I don't know if I have enough uh, grace for, to, the, to interact with these people. I don't know if I have enough of you for that. God says, that's okay. I have enough of me. Let's go do it together. See, Peter changed the entire world. And it started with him preaching the gospel that Jesus preached to Peter. Acts chapter 2. We see the Holy Spirit fall on, on the new believers, or I'm sorry, the, the existing believers, the church, fall on them for the first time. This is 50 days after uh, Jesus was killed. And just a few days after Jesus ascended into heaven. They're all gathered together. They're all being hunted. And the Holy Spirit falls down on them. And, G and Peter, in Acts chapter 2, verse 14, Peter addresses the crowd and he tells them this. I'm sorry, chap uh, chapter 2, verse 22. Fellow Israelites, listen to this. Jesus of Nazareth was a man accredited by God to you by miracle, wonders, and signs, which, your, which God did among, you, did among you through him, as you yourselves know. This man was handed over to you by God's deliberate plan and foreknowledge. And you, with the help of wicked men, put him to death by nailing him to the cross. But God raised him from the dead, freeing him from the agony of death because it was impossible for death to keep him, to keep its hold on him. Fellow Israelites, I can tell you confidently that the patriarch David died and was buried and his tomb is here today, but he was a prophet and knew that God had promised him on oath that he would that one of his descendants would be on the throne. Seeing what was to come, he spoke of the resurrection of the Messiah. He was not abandoned to the realm of death, nor did his body see decay. God raised this Jesus to life, and we are all witnesses of it. Exalted to the right hand of God, he has received from the Father the promised Holy Spirit and has poured out what you now see and hear. And he says, therefore, let all Israel be assured of this. God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Messiah. That is the same gospel that we preach today. God loved the world so much and was separated from it by sin. But he sent his only son, Jesus Christ, to live as a human, live a perfect life honoring to God, die in place of a sinner, raise three days later, and pour out the Holy Spirit on those who believe in him. And that those who do believe in him should never perish but have eternal life. The same gospel that we preach today, the same gospel that we put our faith in today, Peter preached days after Jesus' death. 
boldly in a crowd full of people. And they responded. So if Peter can do that imperfectly, we can too. We can too. But it takes faith in Jesus. It takes true belief in that gospel that that Peter preached, the gospel that we preach. And that faith takes next steps. Sometimes those next steps look just like Peter being someone sharing the gospel. Sometimes it looks like being connected to, to different community groups or different communities of people that can walk with you through these terrible things that life has thrown at you or the beautiful, wonderful things that life has thrown at you and help you glorify God. Sometimes it looks like ministering to other people. Sometimes it looks like discipling or being discipled. And these are all next steps that if you feel like you're, you're looking for anything new, come grab a leader. If you feel like your next step is baptism, we have a baptismal ready every Sunday, ready to go. Grab a leader, grab any of us, and we will help that happen. Just listen to God. Listen to what God is saying your next step is. And have the boldness to follow through, even if it's not perfectly. Have that boldness. I'm going to go ahead and invite the band back up. I'm going to pray for us as we close out today. God, thank you so much for for this day. Thank you that you have given us scripture full of examples of how to follow you, how to love you. Even if it's not perfect, God. Lord, I pray that, that as we all follow you better every day, that the world sees more of you and less of us. That they hear your words more than they hear ours. That they experience your love anytime we try and love them. And God, I pray that for us as well. May we hear you. May we be more like you. May we feel your love more deeply every day. God, we look to you. We love you. And we seek you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to the Hill City Teaching Podcast. We hope it was helpful to you to become a more devoted disciple of Jesus. More information can be found at www.hillcity.church. Thank you.